0: This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little Jones of christylittlejones.com. And you are listening to the best of the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Over the course of 12 weeks, I'm sharing the top 12 most listened to episodes in all of Wife Wisdom history. And this week at number three is regaining and rebuilding trust in your relationship. Trust is one of the most valuable assets in every relationship. It can take years to earn. But only a matter of seconds to lose. In this episode, I'm talking about regaining and rebuilding trust after it has been breached and broken in your most important relationships. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. In today's episode, I'm talking about regaining and rebuilding trust in your most important relationships. So, the first thing I want you to think about is trust is what, in your opinion? What is your definition of trust? What does trust mean to you? Because trust means different things to different people. But I want to start out with the textbook definition of what trust is. Trust is the firm belief and the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. So what breaches trust to you? Is it lies? Is it offense? Is it betrayal? Is it disrespect? What about a lack of ownership or responsibility, someone's actions or lack thereof? So what does trust and what does regaining or rebuilding trust in a relationship even look like to you? Do you even, can you even imagine in your mind what rebuilding or what restoring or just regaining, str- regaining trust in that relationship? Because sometimes people, when they've been offended or trust has been broken, game over, game over. It doesn't even matter because there's not even a thought in their mind or they can't even fathom or imagine that the person that breached the trust or the betrayal or the lies or any of those things that have taken place in their lives, they can't even imagine it being restored, the relationship, right? The relationship being repaired, restored, and them regaining or rebuilding trust. So let's first start there. Now, relationships really are the, the fabric, the foundation of what I believe is a very strong, healthy, vibrant life because we were all born to be in relationship with each other. So if you don't have relationships or you don't have healthy relationships, then I really do believe that it affects the the wholeness of your life, the wellness of your life, so to speak. So I think that if you already in your mind, in the beginning of this episode, were like, Oh, no, if I don't trust you, forget it. I don't talk to you, I will never trust you, right? If I don't trust you now, I will never trust you. If that is your attitude about it, I want you to just give me about 20-30 minutes of your time. I want to just open up your mind to the possibility that a Relationship that you no longer trust potentially can be repaired. Really. And so let me just start off with the story. Some of you have already heard it. Um, recently, I was um, a part of a, a really awesome book by Katherine Co- Schwarzenegger Pratt, and it's called The Gift of Forgiveness. And it's a story. I was one of the 22 stories in the book that talked about great forgiveness. And so just to tell you a little bit about my story, I've been married 19 years this year. I've always wanted to be married. I have literally since I was 12, 13 years old, I talked about getting married and having children over and over and over. Everyone who knew me knew that I wanted to get married and have kids. I wanted to stay home and raise them. And it was something that made my parents very nervous because I talked about it all the time. Even when I went to college, even when I went to graduate school, it was still something that was a top, top, top priority for me. And so in 2012, after really being started, I started my relationship coaching business really in 2008. And it started out at church. And we started a ministry at our church, the marriage ministry at our church. It was a small church and it's grown much bigger since then. And I also was doing um, conferences for mommy and training for moms. And I had had three babies in three years all during this time. And, you know, life was wonderful. I was living my dream of being married and having children and staying home with them and also being an entrepreneur doing the things that I absolutely loved and so one day I went to my computer and I was it was a normal Monday I remember it, it was really bright I was looking out um, the our, our beautiful window in my office and I was checking my email like normal and I came across an email I didn't really know who it was from And it said, hello. Um, Hi, Christy. I don't know if you know who I am, but I'm no longer dating your husband. Let me let that sink in for a minute. (laughs) Yes. And um, I literally lost my breath. I lost my breath in that moment. I sat back in my chair and I felt like I was in the movies, right? Where you see the person's life flash before their eyes, because this was my greatest fear. And this also was the deal breaker. This was the deal breaker. We had been married 11 years at the time when this happened and I was devastated. I couldn't even remember what the rest of the email said. But I I called my husband immediately. He lied on the spot. And then literally two minutes later, he called back crying, admitting that he had had an affair. The affair was over a period of four months. And it was during a time when I was really starting to build my coaching practice or my coaching business. And, um, you know, in the moment of... I felt every single emotion you could have even imagined. I was, I couldn't breathe. My heart, my stomach was in my throat. I thought I was going to throw up. I was angry. I was, I mean, literally I fast forwarded. Oh my gosh, I have these three kids. What am I going to, are we going to get, you know, divorced? Am I have to t- be a single mom? Like all of these things happened in a matter of what was probably 5, 10, 15 minutes. And then I just sat back, I called my pastor, explained to them what happened. We had an immediate emergency meeting. Um, the four of us, uh, my pastors, uh, my, his, my pastor, his wife, and then me and Adrian, we talked, there was, um, you know, of course there was the emotions were so high, and I, I I think I was in shock. He probably was in shock as well. And so it it got it escalated. It got worse, of course. Um, and please know that early on when I first started the podcast almost two years ago, I shared more details of the story. So please go back and and listen to that. It's overcoming infidelity, I believe it is. And so I So we fast forward, we, I, I literally the same day, maybe the next day, but it was within 24 hours. I said to my husband, I love you. I do not want a divorce and I forgive you. And he literally fell on the floor in our foyer and started bawling. One, because he did not feel, feel like he deserved forgiveness two, he couldn't believe I was saying it out of his mouth. And I literally said, I'm committed to working on repairing and restoring our relationship, restoring our marriage, repairing our marriage, rebuilding the trust if you are. And he said, absolutely, I am. So when it comes to rebuilding, regaining trust, there's got to be a level of mutual communication, Right, there's got to be a conversation sometimes you can have it, sometimes you can't, depending on the situation. But there's something there's got to be an acknowledgement that we are both walking into this relationship together and we're committing to the end result, which is rebuilding or regaining trust. So, this process then started, and that's what I want to share with you because i've experienced it I've experienced the major massive in my opinion the top the highest level of of breach right the highest level of offense the 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 greatest level of offense that I believe could happen in my lifetime being married and my husband having an affair and so I experienced this breach and I was willing and it was very quick. Some people not so quick, not so easy, but I've always wanted to be married and have children. I, my family is my priority. And so I wanted to, I wasn't going to spend 11, 12 years um, being with this man and then just be like, throw it away and not, fight for it or at least not try to fight for it that didn't make any sense to me because i knew that this was my calling and that i knew that the enemy was going to do everything to try to steal kill and destroy so if i'm god is using me to help engaged couples prepare for marriage and married couples in crisis fight to stay married why wouldn't he try to attack my own marriage ding 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 so i knew Spiritually, I knew enough to know mm, I must be on the right track, so I wasn't going to give in so easily. So we started working towards rebuilding trust. And let me just tell you, it really was like an hour at a time, a day at a time. And when the breach or the the severing of the trust has taken place in your life, I want you to create a space for your own heart to go slow, to go at your own pace. Don't allow the person that maybe caused the breach to rush you into restoring or getting them back to that place of what's going to be a new normal right? It's going to be different. It's not going to feel the same because now you see them in a different light because you have this, this filter of the offense that you're kind of looking at them through this lens. Now that is what I want to talk to you about because number one, how do you regain and rebuild trust in your relationship? It You have to fully believe in the restoration process, and that you will gain or regain trust back. You have to believe that the person will change their behavior. They will shift. They will, um, you will be able to move forward. You have to fully believe that, fully believe that. You can't be like, well, I hope. Well, let me see. Well, let me try. Nope, fully One hundred percent. And you have to be committed to the repair of the relationship. That's why the conversation is really important, because if you because sometimes people don't even know that the relationship or the trust in the relationship has been broken. So that's why the conversation is important. But then, if you don't like confrontation, you're not going to have the conversation and you like to rebuild the trust, especially if it's in marriage or if it's a parent child relationship or a, you know, like where you're not necessarily going anywhere, it's important to have the conversation. So, when you are fully engaged, when you fully believe, that the relationship can be restored and the trust can be rebuilt, this makes all the difference because now you are taking full accountability and full responsibility for your thoughts around this situation and circumstance. So you cannot stay stuck in past behavior. This is why I shared my story. Because you can only imagine how challenging it was for me to fight against staying stuck in past behavior. So when we were in this process of building and my husband would leave the house, my throat, it would be gripped with fear, right? With panic, with worry, like, Is he where he is? Is he is he where he said he he's going to be? Is he is he where he he said he is? Right now, my husband went above and beyond to put in measures for me to be able to see where he was, especially, you know, in the beginning, because I was worried because I was trying desperately not to stay stuck in past behavior. But it is difficult and I wanted to, I want to acknowledge that, that I know it is difficult. I know, but it's about offering a clean slate, a redo, a do over. And you have to be so disciplined in your mind to hold on to that space. You have to be so resilient and disciplined in creating And holding on to that space of we are rebuilding trust. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Now, whether it aligns quickly or it takes some time, that depends on you. It depends on the circumstance. So my husband and I literally and God has used this tragedy in our marriage to inspire and encourage hundreds of couples, hundreds of couples, we used to speak on panels. And um, also in the gift of forgiveness book, it just sharing the story It was on in real simple magazine, and being able to I had so many women reach out to me because they didn't have the words to explain what they were feeling in really repairing and restoring trust in their marriage or in their relationship. And they were so scared because they were living in, they were stuck in the past behavior that this would happen to them again. And so it's a, an, it's an amazing exercise to continue to offer a clean slate to somebody, someone who's cheated on you. What? It is a major exercise in unconditional love major exercise in disciplining your thoughts major exercise in holding yourself accountable to stay present and not live in the past major 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 and so if you can master this process if you can master these these thoughts master this the these this technique so to speak, right? These skills, you can always have amazing relationships. You can always cultivate awesome relationships because it requires you to be, it requires you to stay in the conversation to one, have the conversation, be courageous enough to have the conversation, but it it requires you to stay in the conversation. It requires you to stay authentic, open, vulnerable, transparent, honest, sincere, genuine, it requires you to stay in that place. And what do, what it does is it also creates that space for the other person to show up in the very same way if they choose to. Now, when you have these awesome relationships, you can only imagine that because this has been your experience, now all of your relationships really create that awesome exchange. Okay, so I want you, how do you stay in the present and not stay stuck in the past behavior? I want you to think about when you messed up, when you offended someone, when you did something wrong and you really sincerely were so sorry, you were so sincere and you genuinely knew in your heart that you wanted to change that behavior, that you were not going to do that ever again. You knew that in your heart, right? So now the person that you've offended, they, you desire to restore the relationship. You desire to rebuild trust, the, to regain their trust in the relationship, right? Because you're the one who caused the breach. What if that person constantly brought up the past? What if that person was constantly talking and bringing up what you did and that they and then they don't even really give you the clean slate or the do over that they say that they're going to do? What if you were in their shoes? Stay in this place. I want you to stay in this place of putting yourself in their shoes. I know it's hard because emotions are tied to it. So you have to discipline your emotions and hold yourself accountable, which is really hard for most people. And the thing is, is like, you just kind of always got to bring yourself to that place. What would I do? How would I feel if I was in their shoes? Now, mind you, let's say that you are in the, you're the one who the person like in my situation, where my husband is the one that caused the breach. And so now that he is being open and, and, Really, we're working together collectively to rebuild and regain trust in our relationship. But and he is making every effort to rebuild, right, to regain trust. How do you think it would make him feel for me to constantly stay stuck in? Well, you cheated on me once. What makes me think you're not going to do it again? Right now, that's a very legitimate question. Okay, initially, but to say it over and over and over and over and over again, days, weeks, months later, really? Why? If he's already answered it, why don't we default to believing them, right? Because we, a lot of people live in fear. Two, a lot of people have control issues, right, or manipulation issues. And three, we don't want to get hurt again, which is 100% understandable. Totally get it. However, why, how can you move forward in rebuilding or regaining trust if you are constantly be reminding the person that you guys are, you are trying to rebuild trust with, you're constantly reminding them of what they did to cause the offense. It has to be let go you have to let go of the past. And there's a process to this, right? So the first thing is forgiveness. And again, that's probably why oftentimes people have a hard time regaining or rebuilding trust because they don't truly forgive. Because forgiveness is not a feeling. You are not going to feel like forgiving. And oftentimes we, we trick ourselves in thinking, well, I just need space. I need time. Like, I think that I'll be able to get over your infidelity in two days, two weeks, two months, two years. Nope. Because the, the trigger triggers that will constantly bring up this traumatic experience in your life are always looming, right? Whether it's a song, whether it's a car, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a location or a place, or, you know, it's always going to trigger this feeling or this traumatic experience. So I want you to know firsthand that forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a decision. You have to decide to forgive. You have to decide. And this isn't a sliding scale like, uh, okay, I'll forgive. No, it is boom. I, will, I, I forgive you, right? Now, you may say that before the actions really align with it right and that's where we in relationship we experience that fuzziness because people didn't really make the decision they it was a sliding decision like i will forgive you if 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 oh no i don't forgive you i'll forgive i'll forgive you if 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 okay maybe i can forgive you cuz i'm seeing some different actions and behaviors from you okay but the thing is it's like when we can make the decision ahead of time when we can decide ahead of time that no matter what, I'm going to do my part to forgive you, it makes all the difference in the world than trying to slide into it. When people slide into forgiveness, it's because they're feeling it. They're trying to feel the forgiveness piece. You're not going to. Now, do you think I really wanted to, I was going to feel like forgiving my husband for having an affair? No, no. I had to make a decision. I made a legacy decision that I'm going to forgive you because this is what God's called me to do. I've I'm I've I'm forgiving you because I don't want my children to grow up without two parents being married. That was my decision. Now, that decision could have easily been snatched from me if my husband was not in agreement if my husband was not in alignment if my husband did not want to put forth the effort to save our marriage and so I say that to so many people who've reached out to me whose whose spouse did not want to fight in the relationship and you know you feel like it's your fault it's not all you can be responsible for is you right? The other person has free will to make a decision as well. So I was really blessed and fortunate that my husband did want to fight for our marriage. And so the other number two that's really important in rebuilding and restoring trust in your relationship is consistency. Consistency is everything. Capital E-V-E-R-Y-T-H-I-N-G. Consistency is everything. You And the person who caused the breach must operate in consistency, period, period. So my example to you is I asked Adrian easily 150 times the same question, the same question. Who was it? How many times? What did it look like? I I was one of those people, right? Give me all the details because I'll probably make it worse in my own mind and imagination. So I needed to hear the details and I asked him 150 times. And guess what? 150 times, the, the answer was the same. The answer was the same, which moves me into number three is trust must be told or truth, I should say. Truth must be told at all times, at all costs, no holding back, Truth has to be paramount in the, the process. There's, there can be nothing else. Truth is it. Truth, 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 regardless of how it hurt, how much it hurts, regardless. And the thing is, is like a lot of, there are a lot of relationships where people create this weird space where you try to guess what the person wants to hear. So you tell them what they want to hear, but it's not really the whole truth. no. It doesn't work like that. When you're rebuilding trust, you have to tell the truth all the time at all costs. No holding back. It's scary because you're not sure what this is going to do. But if you tell the truth from the beginning, you don't have to worry about it. Right. So but again, telling the truth is difficult for a lot of people because they're you know a lot of different reasons too much to get into right so truth must be told at all costs no holding back so we had many moments very very difficult moments where we exchanged truth but let me tell you what it did it really helped to regain and rebuild trust because the truth was finally out in the open. The truth finally was being told. There was a freedom in it even, right? Because when you tell the truth and you even though it may be difficult to hear, you create safe places in that relationship to be able to share that truth and that truth is everything. Because that is what rebuilds the trust is truth. And while it may be scary, if you are committed, you and the other person are committed to rebuilding trust In your relationships, truth has to be the foundation. Consistency has to be the foundation. Not staying in the present, not staying stuck in the past, has to be present. These three things, if you consistently with truth and staying in the present, being disciplined, holding yourself accountable to stay in the present, not bringing up the past. Well, when you, well, you did. Mm -mm. When you stay focused in this process, it's amazing what God's going to do in your relationship. Amazing. Now, the hard part is staying there, right? The hard part is both parties staying there at the same time, right? But it can be done. So let me just follow up on the rest of my story. So it took about 12 weeks for us to really feel, and this is working every hour, every moment, every day, right? On the process, the, the laying the foundation of rebuilding and restoring our marriage, right? We literally retreated. So we kind of, we retreated into a little bubble, And God beautifully sent people to help us support our family at the time. And so we retreated into a little bubble, meaning that we were not very accessible to the outside world. It really was just me, him and God. And for for 12 weeks, we just allowed God to restore, repair, heal all of the hurt. We felt it we embraced it. We leaned into it. We cried through it. We yelled through it. We praised through it. We prayed through it. So about 12 weeks is when we saw the shift where we could take a breath. And then the the true consistency and the truth and the staying in the present moment is really when it started to rebuild and repair the trust. Now, there were many moments where um, I felt like I wanted to go back into the past. I wanted, but I, there were very, um, I was very intentional about recognizing them when I would not be trusting. And I would just, I would just let him know, you know what, I'm just not trusting this moment. I'm not trusting that this is truth. Or this is really what's going on, and he would respond with assurance, with um, evidence, whatever it was that I needed to help the to help rebuild the trust in the relationship. And let me just say that too for the person who caused the breach, evidence is really important, right? So evidence is whatever. The, the person who you've caused the breach of the trust, you know, whatever it is that they need to feel that you are telling the truth. So there was a lot of secrecy and lies and, you know, all of these different things showing up. So the fact that it was very open, very, um, you know, the communication was the best it has been in, in 12 years. And so the, but the evidence and the consistency of providing the evidence and the initiation of providing the evidence. I didn't need to ask him. I just would explain that, you know what? I'm not feeling like, whoo, this is really difficult for me. And I'm not feeling like I'm just trusting this moment. He said, okay, what do you need? And I might say, I need this, 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 and that. Or I may say, I don't know. And then he'd say, well, let me give you this. Let me give you that. How about this? Let me show you this. Here is where I am. Here's my information. Yeah, here, you, you know, and he just continued to give more and more and more. And that effort, that initiating of what he did, because prior there was no initiating of giving me any any information. I always had to ask for it. Right. So the initiation that of what he gave me was so, so precious. Like there was that was major effort to me. Like you really want this. You really want to Fight for our marriage. You really want to restore this. You really want to repair this. You really, really want it. Because it was consistent. I never heard out of his mouth, oh my gosh, you're asking me this again? Not once. I told you that already. Not once. I never heard those words. I there was such a a huge level of of humility that was present with him he was super duper humble more than I'd ever seen him before so I could ask him the same questions 15,000 times and he never showed irritation while he might have been irritated or annoyed by it but I never saw it because there was a level of humility that's another piece for those of us who have caused the breach in trust there has to be a humility there has to be It cannot be, you want to be restored back to normal when you feel like it, when you caused the breach in trust. No, no, that's not how it works. It's, there's got to be a level of humility. And this humility is consistent, it's not just until you feel like you shouldn't have to do it anymore. Now we are eight years later there's still a level of humility and apology. And oh my gosh, I cannot believe I did that. If certain things come up and we talk about it, right? So um, these things really help restore, but you've got to be so honest with yourself. You know, there are oftentimes people like, they feel powerful when they stay stuck in victim mode or punish. Mode, Right. When you are somebody is so sorry and they're trying to rebuild or regain trust in, in with you and you feel like high and mighty or powerful. If you continue to condemn, you continue to punish or you continue to bring up the past. This is not healthy. This is not healthy. You've got to stay. Mm, humble, right? even in, even if you're the victim, stay humble in receiving the, uh, the efforts of the person who's really trying to regain and restore and rebuild trust in the relationship. And when I say it's mutual, like I really do believe it's mutual while, you know, while the, the offense was caused to me in my marriage, I still felt 100% responsible to show up, to be present, to participate in the process of rebuilding trust. I did not feel like, oh, well, you did this. Well, you need to do everything. You need to be the one to do all the work. And then I'll decide if I forgive you and we can move forward and be in a trusting relationship again. No, no. It's got to be both parties. And I think, unfortunately, that's how some relationships work, where the person is like, well, you're the one who did it. You're the one who cheated. I didn't do it. You did it. And because you did it, you need to do the work to repair it. You need to do this. You need to do that. Where, where's the humility in that, right? Because the, the relationship is just as important to you, right? Otherwise, if it's not, say that. If you don't want to rebuild trust or you don't want to regain trust in the relationship, say that. Communicate that. Right, because there are relationships where that's not even an option. Right, so I think it's really, really important for you to have a conversation with yourself, to be very honest with yourself. If you are having a hard time forgiving, DM me. Right, whether it's at True Wife Wisdom on Instagram, whether you send a an email at hello at Mrs. Christie Jones. Dot .com if you are having a hard time with forgiveness let me know that's the start of rebuilding and regaining your regaining trust in your relationship and so these are the things that have truly helped me and i can say that it took fully like the the trust started to rebuild after the 12 weeks when we really knew that this, God was going to do something amazing in our marriage and he was going to restore us. And we both truly believed that it took, I could feel when the trust was 100% there. And, and in all transparency, it took three years, three years. I fully trusted him. I knew in my heart of heart of hearts, (laughs) we only have one heart, right? I knew in my heart that he was not going to do that again he was not going to have an inappropriate relationship with another woman. And it took three years for me to believe that and truly stand fully in it. Prior to that, every time he would go somewhere and I feel that lump in my throat, I would just express it. And he would go in and comfort me or provide with the information or evidence that I needed to really try to assure me that he was his behavior had changed. And he was truly in in this marriage. And so I say that to say that it takes time. It does repairing, you know, when you have a relationship, right, the the trust is given up front, typically. And then once it's Breached, it's so hard to get back. It's kind of like grades in school, right if you you have you start off with an A, you start off with an A, but then if you can have an f, it is a bear to try to bring that f back to an A. It is a lot of work, and it is no joke, and it is work and it's tedious and it's like o m g that's kind of like how trust is you you start off with trust, but then once you breach it. Once you sever it, it's a bear to get back, but it's possible. It is possible and it is worth it. Let me just say that again. It is so worth it. My husband and I, after God did what he did in our marriage, he restored us to happier, stronger, on more on one accord, on the same page, more than he has, more than we ever were the 11 years prior. He restored us back to better than where we were before. And he's helped save hundreds of marriages as a result of our courage to share our own story. So a couple of things that I want you to remember from this episode. One, share your story because you have no idea who God is going to bless, who he's going to save and, re- and restore as a result of it. Two, it's worth it. The fight is worth it. I am so excited that we know today that our children will not have to worry about their parents divorcing. That's a huge praise report. So now we are going to be the grandparents, great grandparents, great, 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 great -great grandparents, right? That sowed the seed of marriage in their family in their bloodline because we both come from divorced marriages. We both come from parents who were divorced, right? A bloodline of divorced people. So the fact that we can stop that generational curse that the enemy tried to take, right? Steal, kill, and destroy. But the fact that we can say that, guess what? God gets all the glory for it. And so thank you so much for one, allowing me to share God's glory in this in this episode. But two, Thank you for listening, for sharing this with people, with couples that you know need it because I believe that it will be an encouragement to them that they can take small, simple steps, that they can go through the process, lean into the discomfort of the process to be restored and to rebuild and regain the trust in the relationship to better than it ever was before. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Always. I value you. And I'm so, so grateful for you. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I hope that it was encouraging, inspiring, supportive, and made you feel like you were not alone. So thank you for joining me. If we are not connected on social media, please come on over and say hello. DM me on Instagram at wife.wisdom. I'm always looking to give you the best content that supports you and serves you. So please send me your ideas for topics for podcasts, as well as let me know how the Wife Wisdom Podcast has encouraged you or how it has supported you and brought up aha moments for you. I read and value and cherish all of these testimonies that I receive from you. So please, please, please keep them coming. Lastly, would you please do me a huge favor and rate and review my podcast if you have not already? It really helps the podcast to be seen and found on all of the platforms. So in order to rate and review, if you have an iPhone or an iPad, please go down, scroll down to the very first episode. It will say, write a review. So you click on the number of stars and you write your review right there. Unfortunately, if you have an Android, there isn't an easy way for you to rate and review the podcast at this time. But I would still love, love, love to hear from you over on Instagram. Rating and reviewing helps get the word out about the podcast to other women who are also looking for wife wisdom. So please continue to share with your family, your friends, and of course, your sister circle. I so appreciate you and value your consistent listenership. So have an amazing week and I look forward to connecting with you next time.